0: Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, on the first pod of 2021, myself, Hybe, and You'll Never Walk Alone are delighted to be joined again by FPL Chef. So after an enforced sabbatical, it's great to have Chef back, and this week we're going to focus on Chef's J-League advice and hopes for next season. We're going to take a look at Game Week 132, that big news, Liverpool joining the platform, and we're going to look at some of the, the other community and exciting news that came out this week. So welcome, chef. Great to have you back on.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. I've I've been away for a little bit. Not many people know, but I, you know, I, I work in a and It's been hectic to say the least. It just hasn't been possible to jump on the pod.
2: Now you're back. Let's talk football because uh, yeah, everyone wants to hear from you, <laughs> and uh, and I think you're uh, going to take us through uh, the magical world of the J League today.
0: So I did oh. joke initially when you, you first went off, Um, obviously we, we've been keeping in touch, but I, I joked on the pod that you were away doing some J-League scouting and maybe you got a bit caught up overseas there.
1: <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, I have been busy on the market buying a few J-League cards, trying to ship off a few of, of my other ones. The J-League transfer window is absolute madness. I have never seen anything like it. The amount of contracts that come to an end, the the amount of players that move between teams, it, it is just bedlam. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing lots of mentions of that on, on Twitter and also in Discord, but I'm not that close to these players or to these trades. So I noticed Alunga, he was mentioned, and he's obviously one of the, the top players from, from last season. Is he yeah. in the league now?
1: It's not been confirmed, but it's looking like he's heading to Qatar. Uh, and like last season, that card was going for like, 0.5 Eve on about that ballpark. I mean he was the top scorer in the league. Like, but yeah, it just shows you. I think most the... people who
2: own a, lo- a longer card would have definitely have extracted the value of owning that yeah. card. I would be surprised if someone owned an longer card and wasn't able to uh, place last year in, you know,
1: any of the yeah. division divisions. Absolutely. Like you know, you would have you would have at least got it at some, some form of return each week, you would have thought, if, if you've captained in that player. He was a pretty consistent uh, scorer. Um, but yeah, he's, he might be going to Qatar, but the, the, he's, he's, there's talk that he's holding out for European transfer, so I'm sure everyone that holds his card is hoping that you know, he moves to Europe.
2: Can you imagine him going to Hibs? Holy
0: no, It's not going to
2: happen. <laughs> it, but, we, we don't need I, him. I, he, want, he does want to step up in class, though, doesn't he?
0: The SPL is a bit of a higher standard. I'm not sure those he'd be the, the seventh highest rated.
2: I think when he sees the contract, there'll be about three or four zeros missing off
0: the uh, end of the each week as well. <laughs> I think that's a fundamental part, isn't it? But you mentioned there, Chef, that there's lots of comings and goings, and it's just a, a bit crazy with the end of contracts. I've seen that mentioned as well. So what goes on there? I think, like maybe years back, you know,
1: there was a lot of money in the J League. I don't think that's the case now. So I think they put the foreign players on short-term contracts because they're only allowed so many foreigners in the in the squad and Asian Champions League as well. That you're only allowed so many foreigners in the squad. So I'm guessing they don't want dead money. Uh, so you know, if the player don't work out if he goes over there, don't fit in because you know Japan's very different culturally as well you've got to remember you know they're probably it's just risk aversion I guess you know they just don't want to take the risk of handing out massive contracts but, and a player just goes gets injured or do not fancy it and huddles off home and you know players are probably that would have gone in years gone by have probably gone to China now as well wages have been capped recently but uh, yeah you know the, it's it's insane it just is insane uh, a few of my players over without clubs at the minute a few players that I would have I've played quite a lot last season you know and it's just I've never known out like it, but you know there's there's a lot of value to be had out there at the minute in in the on the secondary market. I've noticed I've been throwing out a few offers and had a few players accepted. There's players moving within teams. You've just got to get on Twitter and and follow a follow a few people and follow the transfer rumors and look for the confirmed deals and. And be quick on the secondary market. It's just insane. It really. Do you think it's insane. got to
2: the stage now where, let's say, for example, I own a Japanese player and I'm not that active, but I've got you know a couple of Japanese cards in my collection and I'm not actively looking to put them for sale. And all of a sudden, Twitter goes off and guy gets transferred and it's confirmed. Can you? I can imagine now. There's certain managers that are suddenly getting an influx of bids. Like, well, number one, two, one, not three. Must for me, that would be a dead giveaway if I suddenly woke up and got six or ten offers on the same card i'll be like let me have a quick look and see if there's any news regarding this guy at the moment because it used to be that you could just drop in an innocent um bid and someone would look and go well on the face of it that's pretty fair i'll sell it but i guess if there's more and more people now cottoning on and doing the same thing it's going to be yeah, it's, it's probably going to be positive for prices because the seller can go well no i can perhaps make a little bit more out of this
1: yeah, I mean the gap—the gap between the top and the bottom of the market is quite big at the minute. The top players are still going for like big fees, if you like. You know, I was looking today, and, and some of the higher-priced uh, Kawasaki Frontali players—they're—they're uh, they're like you're talking between 0.4 and 0.6 ETH just for the rare card. So you know, the the value is still there at the top end. It's you know, it's it, the 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 money's still there at the top end, if you like, but. Someone like, um, I threw out an offer last night for Joe Schmidt. I sent it to about five different managers who all won the card. Uh, they won it months ago. Um, I don't know if they've used it much. But, you know, his last five matches, not particularly high scoring. Uh, he's got a couple of did-not players. His scores are around about 30. But, you know, and I know he's, he's, he's moved to Kawasaki. So, you know, I threw out a couple of offers for like 15 quid. And a manager accepted You've just got to do your research, I guess.
0: Yeah, I certainly I need to do. I've got a, a list of, of players I want to add um, to my Asian lineups, but just looking at the the performers for, for last season, I certainly don't have many. I have none in that top 20, so I'm going to have to have a, a look at some of those. going to have to make sure I know what their contract situation is and yeah, if they're still playing for that team. So, like, If you're going to
1: bend big at the auction when the, the, play, the 2021 Cats come again, that would be... One of the things I definitely look at, especially for like the Brazilians and stuff like that, is check when that contract ends. And there's nothing to say what'll get you know the what come to terms at the end of the season and relieve really someone a free anyway. I've seen a couple of that happens with a couple of players. Uh, Leandro, uh, you know, he was one of the I think he was the top scorer for Turkey. I think he got about 13 goals maybe. Um, he good in the cup final as well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, they won the uh, is it the Levine Cup? Tokyo have just won. So he was on loan from I think it was Kashima Resol. Yubara Reds. I can't say that one. <laughs> that one's a difficult one. So it uh, was on loan from one of those teams. I can't remember which, but he was still under contract to that team when he when his loan ended at the end of this season. But you know they have just he's just he's got had a free transfer to Tokyo. So crazy, like he's crazy. You know the, you're talking. I think he was like smart like the. he was in the top 10 goal scorers in the league and just give him a free transfer it's it's crazy
2: I think the interesting part for me taking a step back and looking at the utility of the cards is whether they're Japanese or wherever they're from is that it still gives confidence to go out and buy players in the off-season you know, we're not yeah. getting to the stage where you know all of a sudden the J-League will start up again in February and March and we'll be like, oh, if you don't have players from the current season, unfortunately, you have to start again. Mm-hmm. And whether that Jao Schmidt's got his Nagoya Grandpa shirt on or his Kawasaki Frontel shirt on, it doesn't matter. There'll be a marginal difference with his bonus, no doubt. But that card for 15 quid, I gar- anyway, I mean, I, you know, imagine a Jao Schmidt 1 of 100 from Kawasaki Frontel next season, even down to maybe 10 of 100, which will take two or three weeks to get into circulation as well. Yeah. So not only have you got the card ready to use on the first day of the J League, you've got a card that you know other people are going to have to probably play through the nose for if they want to get that same card to play it against you in tournaments as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, if, and of course, if I want to sell this card, I'll make more than what I bought it for.
2: Yeah, and you and if you and if and if that but if you've got a nice enough collection and Josh Schmidt doesn't even make your starting five for the Asian division four or division three or wherever you're planning to play him, you can sell into the hype of the early part of the season and go, Well, you know, somebody might be prepared to pay hundred quid for the one of a hundred, but uh, you might be able to dangle yours out there at seventy eighty quid and go, Well, I'll tell you what, if you want last season's yeah. 80 quid, off you go.
1: And this is it, and like the the percentage is so. Well, I won't say it's so made up, but you know, the, the, if you keep playing your card, you, you know the, the percentage difference is going to get smaller, isn't it? You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think as well because of the rotation at the end of last season, a lot of cards are underpriced because people are just looking at those last five games and think, oh, I didn't play, I'll will put him out for like 20, 30 quid or whatever, and. In the season when he's playing, that might be a hundred pound card. There's there's so much value in the J League market at the minute. If if you planning on playing it when it when it restarts at the end of February, I think and also could... as
2: well the start of a particular uh, league like Asia, for example, the type of prizes that you can win as well, they're ones that are going to be the most desirable. So yeah. you know again, and I think that's why you know when you look at something like Division Two, if you look at the prices of cards like Sassina, and I think it was Junior Nagao that signed. It. Is he, did he go? Did he definitely go to China today?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I think I think that happened. Yeah.
2: These were five, six, ETH cards, and mm-hmm. if you could win one of those super rare cards in the very early weeks of the season, I mean, you've got a card there that could last you thirty to forty different tournaments. Yes, those cards tapered off in value towards the end, but more importantly, the supply. You're getting that super rare early at the beginning. So speculating now, I think I've got some J League players. I do follow Twitter a bit. I'm still focused predominantly on keeping pace in, in Europe more. But, you know, as we get closer to the, the J-League season, I think, yeah, even if I've got 20 cards from last year and 10 have disappeared to Saudi or countries that, you know, don't play or loan back to their Division 2 team or whatever it happens to be, if I've still got 10 intact, I'm pretty sure that those 10 will cover any.
1: You know, yeah, potential yeah.
2: loss that I might have made on the other team.
1: and and that's, then there's the global threshold as well. You know, that that's going to run through the summer with with you know with because MLS and J League go run throughout the summer and the K League. Um, and whatever t- other teams, you know, uh, there's Russia as well, and whatever teams that are added throughout the season as well, potentially. These these players score competitively well. And so you, you're going to consistently hit that global threshold if you play them in the global league as well. And then you, you get your return that, that way also.
2: Yeah, 100%. So are the man to beat in the J-League next year,
1: yeah? I don't know about that. I'll, I'll be comp- I'm will be. i looking forward to being competitive in, in Asia again. I'm, I am looking forward to it. I wouldn't say I was the man to beat. Uh, I've lost one of my big super airs. That's a, that was a hard one to take. Uh, Dan, Dan got released by Kobe, Uh and I, it looks like he's probably going to be heading to the Middle East as well. But it's one to keep an eye on. But certainly in Division Four, I think I'll be I'll be competitive for sure.
0: Good, good, good. Let the games begin. Yeah, I'll need to <laughs> up my game there.
1: Well, you know, you only have to DM me, and you know.
0: Well, I, I did the other the other day there, but it was a bit late, so, so I had bought a goalkeeper for about ten pound, sold to goalkeeper a week later for about thirty pound. Then asked, <laughs> he was a thirty-seven year old, so that played into my thinking. and um, then asked yourself, should I have done this? Yeah, and you you gave me a bit of advice that he's probably going to be worth a little bit more. Um, as the season starts, but I've now got yeah. super rare. So that's good. So yeah, that might give me a division three entry if I can start to piece together another couple of players there. I do have a, a division four lineup. I could probably do with just enhancing that a little bit. But yeah, so if I can have a, a look at what some of the, the transfer news is, what, what player contract situations are and try to, to piece together. I'm always interested to to look at historical form. So there's some youngsters in there that have hit some some really good scores over the season they've went for obviously very high prices do they keep that up next season and that's something to always you know is this just a one season thing for for a particular player or does that form form continue i think you can tell more so with some of the older players so your cecinas and alungas you know they're, they're they're well known but some of those, those younger guys coming through who've performed particularly well this season does that continue a consideration for me yeah, I think there's a
2: scene in those sort of guys, it's just about making sure they renew their contracts and you can breathe a sigh of relief and go, Great, I've got another good season's usage out of this yeah. person. Yeah. Bar any bar any injury. And then, then the youngsters are say if you've got a you know a stable of you know what you consider to be decent youth prospects and, you know, squad players. Um, you know, after the first couple of weeks of season, you'd like to think maybe you can spot some trends and who's playing and who might not be, uh, and then trim the fat, and, and you should be good to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, as well, like what you have to consider last season, the J League played just about every three days. You know, the players playing a match in three or four days, and then you throw in like the Asian, the Asian Champions League as well. It ain't going to be as congested next season. You know, it, I think that's why a lot of those are. I think rotation probably happens anywhere but I think it was a lot more pronounced because of the of the fixture congestion. You're not you're not going to have that as much this season.
2: Well, you say that, you know, and uh, Villa v for Liverpool tomorrow night looks like it's probably going to get uh, called off and you know we could be heading into another turbulent period where certain leagues around the world do change
1: their yeah, yeah, uh, f- f- yeah.
2: fixture schedules as well which again I think is worth noting is that because Zorair offers the ability to play across different regions uh, around the world, you know, if you are going to peg yourself with one particular region, you know, do do be wary that if that closes down or during the off-season, you might want to give yourself a few extra options just to diversify.
0: Absolutely. So I, I think the, the big news we want to talk this week about a massive announcement and one we've all been waiting for, literally your, yourself, Mark. So obviously we had the, the player of the year cards. We
2: did. And I... I've got to say I wasn't a huge fan of the design. I don't mind putting that out there. Uh, I thought they could. Well, I'm not a fan of pink anyway. But um, yeah, I still picked up a couple. I've sort of I still don't know what I think about them yet. Uh, I picked up the Botman because I felt that there was some rumours going around at the time that he could be on his way to the greatest team in the world, and I realised I'd run out of Koulibaly's. so. Uh, I stepped in and picked, picked up a Koulibaly. You can never have too many Koulibaly's. So, uh, yeah. went for two strong central defenders. Two glamorous names, Bottman and Koulibaly. Left all the big ones to 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 everyone else.
0: So, yeah, they were, they were good to see. But I was slightly joking there, that being the, the massive news that you were waiting on, particularly this, Mark, because we all know it's been Liverpool. It's always been Liverpool. And, yeah, adding them to the platform the other day there, that was huge, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Um. I I, I guess out of the... Big five that are now fully onboarded, you know, Bayern from La Liga, Real Madrid from uh, buying from Bundesliga, sorry, Real Madrid from La Liga, PSG, League One. Juventus, Syria, Liverpool, now Premier League. I mean, it, it it feels very rounded now, and it feels like from a platforms perspective, they can cascade down now to the mid-table teams like the Arsenal's and the Spurs, and then the lower end of the table like the Man City's and the Man Uniteds, uh, and they can you know they can, <laughs> they can really they can really pull everyone in under the platform with these heavy hitters that are leading their respective leagues. So I think from that point of view, yeah, it's fantastic, and um, yeah, it's it's been a Fast and Furious, 48 hours. I've i have enjoyed it.
0: Lots of coffee, no sleep by the sounds of it. But you seem. I don't thrilled.
2: drink. I don't. I don't drink coffee. I'm. I'm. I'm I don't need caffeine. I'm, uh, I'm. I'm on a natural high 24/7. That's,
0: and even more so now with all these Liverpool players. So yeah, who did you get?
2: Um. Well, I tried to get everyone. Everybody. I tried to get everyone. Um. I think I've, I've still got a few missing. But it was tough because when you looked at how the auctions fell, you know. The first thing I do when any new team launches, take a look at the team in general, you know, top-down approach. Is there anyone there that stands out that you really want to get? You know, okay, well, who are the ones you're likely to want to fight for? It's very difficult to predict final prices, and especially with ETH ramping up in the last couple of weeks, it's impossible to to second-guess, you know, what you might need to spend. I looked at some of the first uh, editions, and I thought, okay, but then I thought, if I if I go crazy on first editions, that might not have enough in the tank for Super or Unique so you know the first one came out of the blocks and i was talking with tom and you know all of a sudden two i think it was 2.80 for the first batch of uh one of fives and there was no super air in there and then the sala one of 100 came out and that bundle went for 6.1 which you know uh, when you look at how the day then progressed and how prices fell off throughout the day you know that's a significant premium to pay for the one of 100 it is Um, i
0: think my brother picked up the the 11 out of 100 bundle and that was 1.3 so quite a drop off there and that was one of the last bundles to go
2: Yeah, but I think overall, Pace myself, I had a couple of glitches. I had a couple of times where I was locked locked out and I was buying and bidding on my phone. I had times where I couldn't bid with ETH because I had some invalid signature and I was then scrambling to put a credit card detail on the phone to bid. (laughs) Um, But fortunately, there, there was two bundles I missed and then I was able to approach both managers and make them an offer where they made a you know a, a quick fast win so yeah super super happy you know and uh thanks to everyone that i had a bit of fun with throughout the day it was good laugh
0: that's good to good to see chef did you have a, a look at any i was working throughout the day so i missed a lot of the, the early ones seen all the the chaos that was going on with them yeah didn't manage I mean, to, to get involved
1: nah it's a bit more, it's, i should pick minamina though yeah, just, just because he's japanese
0: <laughs> i think
2: he's going for about 0.1 already that so yeah. Yeah, I think when, when you see, you know, how people are, you know, for me, it's now obvious who bought because they thought they could make some fast cash and who bought because they genuinely like the cards or, or support Liverpool and want to keep them and, and use them. I think we can all see that on paper at the moment, Bayern cards, Juve cards look as though they've got the, the ability to outperform the Liverpool equivalents on, you know, using the SO5 matrix. So I think those are after, you know, as much performance for their money have perhaps steer clear. I also think that perhaps Liverpool do polarise uh, managers in terms of if you don't support Liverpool, you probably hate Liverpool. So, you know, why would you want to buy their players? Whereas I think a lot of the, the Brits, maybe like ourselves, who look at Bayern, PSG, Juve, go, oh, it's a big European, glamorous name. And, you know, we don't mind owning some players from all of those teams. But, you know, maybe I think... I think that maybe some people have overlooked or decided to go, you know what, the money that I could be spending on Liverpool players, I could quite easily buy better buying players or buy Juve or buy PSG again. So other teams might benefit from coming onto the platform as well.
1: Yeah, it's this for me like personally, I'm I'm because I'm trying to like get in a couple more like big J League players, because I'm preparing for that starting, it's difficult for me to to ban Liverpool players right now. These are a couple that I want. I, I really want Curtis Jones. I think I think he's destined for the top. Uh, I think he's a really he's got really, really a lot of potential. So I really want to catch Jones, but I mean it's just it's just difficult for me at the minute.
2: I think with the Liverpool players again, I, I can see from trading after I bought I've bought off other managers, I've sold to other managers, I've traded with other managers since the bundles finished and it's it's clear the price is some players have, have found levels already. I think Allison's found the level, you know, I imagine Salah's you know, always gonna find a level and I think you can benchmark him against Lewandowski, you can benchmark him against, you know, even Ronaldo. There hopefully will be a level for certain players. But I say at the moment, because there's no standout form player, you know, they're all just waiting around, you know, 0.3 for Henderson and Robbo, maybe a little bit more for Firmino at the moment. Jota hasn't, I don't think there's been a, there's been one secondary market sale of a Jota. And then you've got a lot of fringe players at the moment. So I think it's going to need to see Liverpool perhaps get a couple of wins under their belt. Yeah. See, see who they're playing. See who actually does. And then that will spark some life into a particular player and, and, and get things moving. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when we, when we signed on before, and you see Bayern, you could see, you know, Lewandowski's got green all over his last five scores. You know, and the only thing with And then, you, you know, just waiting for Kimmich to come back off injury. And then, you know, Neuer was always going to score well. Waiting for, um, you know, Davies to come back off injury. So there was more, I think, obvious purchases with some of the other bigger clubs. This one is like, OK, Salah's great. I still think Mane's criminally undervalued. I can't believe how Mane, you know, hasn't been picking up, hasn't been selling for, you know, a a lot higher. And after that, with Virgil van Dijk injured, Trent giving the ball away 38 times against uh, uh, the other day. It's like, well, is there anyone there that can improve, you know, a strong European champions team at the moment? Probably not. But yeah, again, look at Gomez. Gomez... 18 months ago, two years ago, had Neymar in his back pocket in an international game. You know, won the Champions League, won the Premier League. It's formed a you know formidable partnership with Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, he's injured. Does that make Gomez a 0.15 player right now? I mean, if he had a Bayern shirt on, you know, people are people are still paying 0.6, 0.8 for Alfonso Davis. You know, and you know, so I think if you break down the squad and obviously if you support a team, you'll probably, you know, have a bias towards certain players. But I think you... Have to credit yourself with a bit more knowledge on the players of the team that you support, and I, I still think there's opportunities within the Liverpool cards at the moment, which people are just following other people's price guides. And within that, I think there's some some really interesting opportunities.
0: Yeah, be interesting to see how they they evolve over time.
2: Right. Well, unfortunately, you can't use those Liverpool players in this upcoming game week. I say, even if uh, the Villa game does go ahead tomorrow, it's an FA Cup game, so uh, they won't be usable until next week when they got uh, uh, a foregone conclusion against Man United. So we'll talk about that one next week. But this week, game week one, three, two. We've had uh, a number of weeks now with a fragmented fixture list, but eighth to twelfth of January, we can finally welcome back a full global league under-23s champion Europe. Challenger Europe, and an interesting weekly special with uh, cards where you can only use serial numbers over 35. So this will be, you know, quite an interesting challenge. So lots going ahead. Full calendar. Asian, MLS, Russian teams not in action, but uh, lots to pick from. What's uh, got your guys' attention?
0: All over, yeah. So we've obviously got a a full Belgian. That gives me a challenger back. Most of my, my players are there. I've got a few Russian strikers that are going to miss out. So hopefully we can, can piece together quite a good team there anyway. oh, But yeah, there's going to be German League players in there. There's going to be Italy, France. Looking at that Leon rene game, probably going to have a, a few Lyon players there. They've got a, a few doubts, a few injuries. So that might make it a, a bit easier to spot some of the, the fringe players getting some game time. Keep an eye on that. PSG, obviously I've got Mbappe, hoping he does a bit better than he did um, on Poch's first game the other night there. They've got Brest at home, so hopefully he gets four there and turns that around for them. Yeah,
2: you're, you're reliant on this Frenchman, aren't
0: you? I am, I am. Got a backup, Don't man. worry. No, no.
2: All in, all in. All <laughs> in on Mbappe.
0: Yeah, we'll get <laughs> Salah another day. <laughs>
2: So you don't think Schalke can uh, get themselves a little home victory this week against uh, Hoffenheim?
0: So that, there's a potential there, yeah. I, I probably will be considering whether I use Farman and goals. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Depends what, what other options we've got. Schalke
1: need to start winning, don't they? are they're, oh, they're going down. <laughs> It's looking pretty bleak for them.
2: It's getting to the stage now where you can start to buy Schalke cards with confidence that you can have a collector's limited edition set because they won't be produced when they go to the Bundesliga 2.
1: Yeah, it's, they're, they're they're struggling. They've got like four points or something like that.
2: Yeah, scary. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, all five games where I wish I'd picked Taiwa Awanee. He's now almost got a full line of green on his SO5. 61-34-63-62-70 and the 34 was against Bayern where he missed two absolute sitters so he should be sitting with five green scores as far as I'm concerned but the question is do I do I leave him out again this week so uh, it's, uh, it's a tough one FC Union at home to Wolfsburg I, I think I've got to stick Tyra in one of my teams he's probably going to be in an under 23 team this week and I'll jinx him and he'll be you know, twenty five again with two BCMs. You've got to got to risk it. Now there's a few more tournaments. Yeah, I can chuck him into a team. I mean, this week because of the the Liverpool auctions, I had a shocker in game week one three one. I'm thinking by the kick of the second or third game on Tuesday nights, uh, I learned that uh, I had at least one DNP in Division 1, 2, and 3. So uh, uh, that quickly became a write-off. But, you know, with 13 tournaments again this week, you can afford to have a few different combinations. And I think now you have to have some, some unique combinations because certainly... In the Champions, people are having some very, very similar team lineups. And uh, I think you need to have a a little differentiator if if you're going to stand a chance of uh, beating the averages.
0: And I think as well, doing your your team news and injury research is important, or certainly is for me because I keep letting myself down this way. So
1: Yeah it's and it's, and it's COVID as well, of course. Like you know, there's a lot of players. Well, not a lot, but it's trickling through, isn't it? Where the positive tests, you know, you just got to keep an eye out for that 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 news as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. So something I'll I'll definitely need to to do this week because I managed to. To play, I do not play in my and and captain them in my Division Two lineup. So that stopped me finishing in the top ten there. Um, if yeah. I just if I put anyone else in, yeah, I'm relying I'm
1: relying on uh the Belgian league this week really. Yeah, uh, that, that's my big hope for the global. There's not many
2: players lined up, but uh, how do you fancy your chances against Celtic away this week, uh, Harvey?
0: I'm hoping. I want. I want us to win, to keep but, it to three or four. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want. I don't want Rangers to win the league either. So would I take one just to take one take, for the team. Take one for the team. Let Aberdeen win as well. They've got Rangers. And let Celtic try to claw that back. They're a bit far out though. It's yeah, I don't I don't know. I just don't really want Rangers to win the league. It sounds terrible, but yeah. It might also be good if Hibs are not winning so much as well. So as you said, with Liverpool players not having that runoff of form when when Hibbs eventually do come on. It'd be quite good if we were down eighth or ninth in the table. You'll
1: be, you'll be on all them first editions, won't
0: you? That's it. So should we not... have
2: the uh, weekly game of who does get So choosing goal this week, will it be Merritt? Will it be a Spina for a th- third game in a row? Place your bets. It's crazy, isn't it?
0: It's, it's just becoming beyond a joke now. So oh, I don't oh, even oh. bother with a Spina. I, I own a super rare Spina. I don't really bother using him unless he's one of my only options to get a Division Two lineup. Yeah, Merit, if under-23s are open, he is my, my under-23 option. I've got a rare and a super rare there. I, I really need some more under-23 options to come on the platform. There are a couple of good guys who have came on with recent club editions with Fernabachi uh, and also Krasnodar. Something I probably need to look at.
2: Yeah, I'm just having to little a quick look through here. Club America might be able to roll out achoya Choya. I'll have to check if he's still in favour. Club America versus Atletico San Luis gets a bit of league MX action three o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, a lot of the other leagues are in action, aren't they? So Santos Laguna in Mexico, we've got Gimnasia La Plata in Argentina and also the Fernabachi guys will be playing in Turkey. So I'm not going to try and pronounce their their opposition's name. Um I, I really, I'm really I'm not this week. But there
2: was, there was like some news might... about Ozil going to Fanabachi, wasn't there this week, potentially. Was
0: there? I never saw that, no.
2: Yeah, potential link with Ozil. Team him up with Samata. <laughs> Sammy get Sammy goal back on track again. Probably probably they get Ozil and Sammy will go to Qatar or something.
0: <laughs> I think the the one person that everyone should have, definitely avoid this week is Didier lamkel Z from Antwerp. I don't know if you all saw the the images of, of that, him turning up to training in an Anderlecht kit, so they're, they're rivals yeah. to try and force yeah. a move.
2: <laughs> Trying
1: to get in, and the security wouldn't let him in. <laughs> he
2: had, yeah, he had his mate Yannick Bellassi on the back, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he
0: last <laughs> So that was an interesting one. But yeah, so he, he he's definitely one to to avoid this week. One, one of on the reports
2: feet. I read said he was going to turn up the following day in a beer shot uh, shirt as well, which I think <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're even fiercer rivals. <laughs>
0: So I think that takes us on to looking at the community section. So we always feature the exciting news that comes out from the community. A lot of the time we're we're talking about Surer Data, and it's very similar this week, we've got the Surer Data Cup. So we've had the, the first round of matchups ups at the, the group stages with teams playing against each other there in a head-to-head format. And there will be two routes. So top two teams going to the, the Champions route, and then the third and fourth place managers going through the challenger route there so it looks like there's been a a couple of buys given through the rounds this week so some managers might not be competing this week and and we'll then resume i think possibly in game week 133 or 134 but we've also got the start off this area monthly 11 so the registration ends for that tomorrow so hopefully you'll you'll catch that if you've not by listening to this before it goes out that's the january monthly so 11 so yeah guys you got your teams in
2: Yes, Uh, I I got reminded earlier by someone, uh, "Have you done it?" And I, oh, okay, one day to
0: go. Yeah, I I hadn't had mine in.
2: Better build. I don't think I haven't really got a strategy for it. I just, I felt, just picked, just picked some players really. And I even felt I was led by recent scores over everything else, which I think might be the right way to go about it. But I always feel it's wrong. Just felt like I was looking at my list of players again. All right, he'll do because he's got an average of 60. Or he'll do. He's got an average of 55. And then, you know, OK, yeah, that team's playing at home or that team's playing away. And yeah, I, I didn't have that same level of attachment to picking the team. But uh, I liked the fact that we can choose substitutions. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when you need you to get an 11 against 11. I'm talking about the uh, the monthly 11 aside now, because I, I too got a buy like yourself. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see if you can get away with one or two DMPs or, you know, three or four really poor performances. And, uh, yeah, I think there'll be a lot more variance in the scores.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be good for people to have a, a subkeeper in there with all the rotation that goes on. Those with Mera and Espina might be able to to get away this, with it this week.
2: I think we should offer a prize. We'll offer a prize to anybody that plays Ospina and Merritt as their two goalkeepers, and then Gattuso chooses a third choice
1: keeper.
0: Uh, that be, would be, be, they'll,
2: they'll be a consolation prize to anyone that can do that.
0: If I could see that happen. Either of them. It's definitely feasible. Yeah, looking at my lineup, I think I've done fairly similar to yourself. I've had a couple of players that are out with injuries, a couple of players that are unlikely to, to be starting. So it was looking at what was that recent form.
2: Does Mbappe make your team? Of course he does. He does make it. Oh, car. He I does. He yeah.
0: He's Shock horror. A... Shock <laughs> horror.
2: Yeah.
0: Up top with Leon Bailey, it's a quite a, a strong forward lineup. up It'd be interesting to, to see what
2: formations people play as well because we've got the op- it's nice to have the options of, you know, two up front, three up front three in the middle four in the middle so it'd be interesting to see whether people do wait towards the more attacking players and look for goals or you know weight towards defenders and uh, look for maybe a few more duels one and, uh, and and tackles
0: i think a lot of it does depend on on your collection doesn't it so there there'll be some managers with large collections that have got that those options they can can start to think about this others it will be about Getting your, your best guys in there, making sure they're, they're going to be playing that game week and, yeah, getting the, the right formation for, for the team you have.
2: I mean, interesting to see as well. I know that we play, a lot of us played lots of different fancy games and and, and fancy football games. How many people choose maybe a full team of the same players? You know, I know there's guys out there with strong Anderlecht collections. I'm sure you know there's people out there with full Juve teams or now even full Bayern teams. And whether or not people go with a full team of somebody, or do you still mix and match, and uh, perhaps just have your three or four of your defenders being from one team and two or three of your attackers from the same team?
0: Yeah, that that'll be interesting. I don't have a lot of overlap from from teams. There, I seem to have lots of different players playing. But it'll be interesting to see that if somebody like yourself or or Tom puts out a, a full Liverpool lineup in there, that could be quite fun.
2: It uh, won't be fun if uh, if we play like we've done in the last three games. <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> but you've got Man coming up, don't you?
2: Yeah, but we can't always have easy games, can we? True,
0: true. So just looking at one of the, the other weekly highlights, um, so not from the community, but this is something Surayer so done. So after the, the Liverpool announcement, there was also a, an announcement around the lowering of the starting price in the market. Obviously, we've touched upon Ethereum and the price changes of that over Yeah, the the last couple of weeks that's been rising quite considerably. And the starting point of players, which was originally pegged in ETH, so a a rare starting at zero point zero one ETH has increased in in fiat terms quite considerably. So you're talking about at one point a couple of months ago, maybe two or three pounds for that starting point, and and now we're we're reaching 10 pounds. So something had to be done to to obviously make this game accessible to, to new managers. So that was not that huge barrier of entry when first faced on the auctions, and also to give out a, a bit of stability so that existing managers and new guys coming on board can actually be clear with okay, the the relative pricing structure here and something that's not going to change on a, a day-to-day basis. So for me, that was that was really great to see that they they took that action. They saw that there was potentially a problem about to happen if the if the, if they didn't, Do you know. I think what we do see with price rises at any, there being a bit of a nervousness with with users. Should I buy this player at this price? How do I value a player now? And so this should make that a little bit easier. No, we're obviously still going to see players rising up to to peak prices. Um, It might just take a, a few more bids to get them up to that point. But it does enable all of the players that are currently on the market to still find homes and to, to have a value because I think we're, we've certainly seen a quite a dramatic rise in eth that's taken it.
2: Yeah, I think it's a natural move for the platform. There are some people that would prefer to have the base always considered in eth and they expect other managers to, you know, adapt and convert their thinking think thought process to eth rather than fiat. But I think as Nicholas has always said, you know, if this game is going to reach a point where it becomes appealing to a much wider, larger audience, then I think at some points the crypto side of things or the blockchain side of things needs to try and take a back seat, and this needs to look as though it is a product that is attractive for everybody, no matter what currency you earn or or or, or have your uh, your capital in, and. Yeah, some people will be a little bit disappointed that the, the base now isn't 0.01 ETH. But I think, you know, we've come so far in the last 18 months. You know, Looking back at some original purchases, I'm looking at 0.01 ETH being, you know, a couple of pounds, one or two pounds. And now 0.01 ETH is nine pounds. And so, you know, when someone comes in and they're already perhaps thinking, oh, should I go from the free to play model? to the paid version. Okay, what can I do with 50 quid? What can I do with a hundred quid? These numbers don't exist any long. It's, it's what can I do with a few hundred pounds? And I know there are guides out there and there's some great, great value hunters out there that uh, are very good at picking up uh, great deals. But, you know, with more people joining the platform, there'll be more people able to find these deals at those sort of levels. And then those deals won't exist at those levels. Um, So I think it can help the lower end of the market a little bit. But in reality, if a good player comes up for sale on auction today, whether it be in a bundle, whether it be as an individual card, it will find a level because there's enough managers now with their eyes on the market 24-7. So I don't think it really matters what the entry level is, as long as the entry level, from a perception point of view, is accessible to new managers looking at this platform for the very first time yeah i
0: think so and um, certainly feels feels positive for me but as you say those players will, will still get up to those peak prices there'll still be that demand for them but some of the, the tier threes might find a, a home a bit easier so we are talk about cards that get one you you maybe want to, to move on to new managers you don't particularly need that card having that ability to set the, the price below 0.01 now is going to give you ability to to maybe do so a bit more fluidly so yeah good stuff
2: and test the system as well i mean some people for example it's amazing you know they've they've not used the the direct offer system before oh i didn't realize they could do that and you know when you're offering to buy a card off another manager for the very first time in the same way of when you're when you i can remember the feeling when you first send money from one wallet to another wallet or you're withdrawing from one place to another you know you Everyone wants, you know, you want to make sure that you understand the processes correctly. You don't want to be making crazy mistakes. And sometimes you need to have these smaller ticket transactions to build confidence. So when you see something where, you know, you've saved your ETH and you see a player you want, right, that's, you know, at a price point you've never spent before, you want to be able to go, right? I can do that with confidence. I know how to press the buy button. I know exactly what I'm going to do here. And I say not everybody wants to come in straight off the bat and make 50 pound, 100 pound transactions. So being able to test things out, you know, with your friend for the first time, for example, sell them a car for 0.01 or whatever happens to be the price. It's a nice way to familiarise yourself and get comfortable with the with the user interface, so that you can go on to be confident to get uh, with, with bigger with bigger numbers as time goes by.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, just one more observation from me, if you don't mind, and that was that uh, we, we, we seem to be getting some really strong uh, sub-communities now growing within the game. And I know, Hybe you, you always pride yourself on looking at the uh, countries and listeners of, uh, from the podcast. I think we can welcome listeners from Bangladesh for the first time uh, in our last podcast. So thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, One of the communities which has caught my eye recently that's got an exceptionally active telegram group is the Italian community. And there's a a coin square group, K-O-I-N square, that uh, are very meticulous in the way that they appraise and value uh, different crypto projects. And they've been, you know, I've, I've helped speak to one of their founders there and, you know, introduced them to the concept of Sorare. They've been watching it from a distance for a while. And they've really just cottoned on in the last couple of weeks they're doing youtube videos they're really helping to provide good strong tutorials for uh, for managers as well i know we have them in english and we have our own subgroups and we chat a lot but for me it's, it's amazing to see the reach in which serrera is now possible we started the show today talking about japan we've covered all the potential fixtures in the game week uh, that's upcoming Looking at Surreal Italia now, and then looking at perhaps the the potential of all these other countries that will eventually get involved in Surreal. It's 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 just mind blowing to me. It really is. Yeah,
0: it's it's great to see all these these new places coming in. Every time I look on Discord at the introductions channel, the where people are coming from is always different. We're not so, so we, we've had periods where we've seen you know lots of users coming from from different platforms, but at the moment all I see is different websites, I saw it on Google, on this platform, places like the the Coin Square that you, you talk about, these crypto communities across the, the globe are slowly picking it up. And, yeah, a lot of that's testament to a lot of the, the marketing and the, and the communication that's going out. So I often stumble across some articles that are getting posted uh, around Surayer that have been posted over the last year or so. And that's testament to, to Nicholas and Brian and the, the guys for getting that information out there, going and engaging with these communities, and also some of the, the users that are on the platform going and doing that themselves off their own back to share the, the good news and spread the word.
2: Yeah, and, and, and we know... And Chef's been, you know, I know he's been working very hard, but on his time off, he's been wearing a sandwich board and walking around the streets of Leeds, you know, drumming up a bit of business as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it works everywhere.
0: QR code on the back. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of today's Soria Global Fantasy Football podcast. I hope you found it useful. As always, if you could like, subscribe, and leave a review, then we can help introduce the fantastic concept to more users. See you next time.